Welcome to Liquid Lunch. It is uh, Thursday today. It is. Right? We're starting a little early just, just because we can. Yep. Because uh, Lalo's here and... Uh, and I'm ready to sub and... Um, exactly. Sarah, um, so pardon me, Sandra's not here right now. Not yet. So. And we yeah. found out, I just learned that she's like, you have to always tell her, be there half an hour before, otherwise she's half an hour late. Yeah. I, I used to be like that in my family. Really? Well, well, let's get started. We have uh, our first guest today is Frank Toby, uh, publisher, I guess, Frank, of The Bulletin. Well, actually, Paulette's the publisher. I'm the editor. Editor. And this is the paper, The Bulletin, which serves downtown Toronto and has been doing so for... 17. 17 years. And uh, uh, we had you on a, a few years ago, I guess, Frank. I think I, got, I, f- I think I first met you in the context of the Toronto dollar. Undoubtedly. Right? I Which met a lot of people during that time. What was uh, that? Well, well, what, they're still around, aren't it's they? It's a community currency. Uh, there it is, but in a different form right. than it used to be. It used to be a sort of a 10% tithe on the merchants. That was the objection they had to it, was the merchants would accept this uh, money that went to charity. It, uh, it was printed uh, at the Mint, actually. And they would deduct 10% and that went to the charity. Right. So it was really the merchants giving the money to the charity. So right. that was an, an inhibiting factor yeah. in the success of the Toronto dollar. It got taken up by another organization and I understand it's used as a, an anti-poverty program. Oh, okay. See, yeah. I tried to, I was involved. I don't really want to, we're not here to talk about the Toronto dollar, but uh, that's, fine. that's a whole other topic. Right, so let's not get into that, but let's get into uh, the bulletin and uh, um, and you call it the Journal of Downtown Toronto. Yes, we do. And I know you guys are very serious about uh, about what you guys do at the bulletin, and um, yeah, I know you've recently changed formats. And but let's I want to get into some deeper topics, sure. Frank, like uh, the state of the media. Mm-hmm. You know, because uh, you guys are doing your very best to. to do some good reporting. Uh, Thank you for that. To, to downtown neighborhoods yes. uh, of Toronto, like you know, what's your general approach between you and the publisher? Uh, like, what's maybe you can just kind of give us like, what's your philosophy? Well, at the, the publisher board? and I, you know, share the same bed. Uh, <laughs> Paul, that's my breaking wife. news. That's one way to put it. Breaking news. <laughs> These are business <laughs> These are business terms. <laughs> business terms, yes. <laughs> okay, so what 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 is your motivation, and what are you guys really all about? Uh, making money and informing the community in either of those orders. Right. Um, okay. There have been times when it's made more money, and yeah. uh, these are times when nobody's making much money. Yeah. But we are thriving. Uh, Despite that, we've changed formats because we were using an expensive paper before, and yeah. now we're using cheap paper. Yeah. But it's recycled, and the other wasn't. Yeah. So we're doing a good thing for the ecology. And it's, um, you said it, it has been well-received, so uh, yes. which is great. Yes. Right? Also, it was a broadsheet uh, for the number of years, and we went back to the tabloid form, which is easier to hold. Just yeah, yeah. The tabloid is... Turn the pages. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's great. So, um, but uh, so to make money and to serve the community. Yes. Right. Yes. Um, in either order. In either order. Yeah. Yes. But you got to make money in order to serve the community. Absolutely. Right. right. You're I, going out to fifty thousand. 
right now? Well, 40,000 40, is what 000. we mail, uh, free nice. every month. We also nice. print more than that, and we have news racks as well. Wonderful. Where can people find it? Well, St. Lawrence Market's a good place to find it. Uh, there are two racks there. There's a number of coffee shops in uh, the St. Lawrence area uh, where you'll find it. You'll find it down at Harborfront. It's, it's around. Excellent. When the summer comes, Lalo, um, we can walk down to the St. Lawrence Market. They, they say it's like one of the best or maybe the best market in North America. It was named by the National Geographic a number of years ago, uh, probably four, uh, as the best food market in the world. In the world. In the world. Wow. <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing all kinds of things about Toronto. It's great to... Yeah. Well, the, it's, it's, a, it's like a farmer's market, right? The farmers come yes, in yes. and they sell the na- uh, you know, organic uh, stuff. There is, a, there is a farmer's market, but that happens at the St. Lawrence Market yeah. on Saturdays. Saturdays. And yeah. that's where farmers actually come in from the bush. Well, yeah. good. It's yeah. another outsource of the government, right? We were talking about how people are taking things into their own hands as they do business and as they do whatever else that it is that they do. And uh, there's another one. We need to produce our own food. We need to make our own media. Yeah. <laughs> so, Frank, uh, we, we got talking before we came on about a couple of big issues that mm-hmm. uh, are um, that you're paying attention to and thinking about. One of them is the, the TPP, which uh, yes. our new Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, I think he just signed that, right? No, I don't think he's signed it. He had his trade minister, uh, Christopher Freeland, uh, sign the initial papers. Okay. Uh, it's not the final signature. We haven't signed on to it, and God willing, we won't sign on to it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I mean, you know, I'm aware a lot of people have been talking about how this is uh, really... Uh, a it's just another one of these uh, these international trade agreements that... That's right, uh, like NAFTA, yeah. which has been a blessing because it completely exported our manufacturing industry to Mexico right. into the redneck U.S. South. Yeah, How no, do you mean, in no. all our pollution? Is that what you, why you're saying it's a bonus? <laughs> well, not only that, but a lot of people who used to have to go to work every day... Yeah, they don't have to do they that. They don't have anymore. to do that anymore, right? Well, that's we don't convenient have a then. Income, but we could get one. <laughs> let's let's have more of these agreements and then less people can be employed and they can be happier. Well, um, <laughs> actually, I have a friend who's very critical of these trade agreements and what she says is that and it makes a lot of sense to me because she kind of nails the issue is that what it really is, it takes away it's really about taking away our sovereignty. Because cause now we That's can't... exactly what it does. The, the, the country can't make decisions in the interests of Canadians or some foreign corporation's going to sue the Canadian government, a.k.a. the Canadian taxpayers, for yeah. their that loss of potential That is what I income. read. That is actually the one thing that I did read about this, and I was saying, so what is going to end up happening is our country is going to end up in legal That's disputes... Right. With other, not even other countries, but other corporations that have whatever clout they might have, and that's actually going to count here? That's actually going to... You're hitting on the theme of my column for this month, and that is the, the fact that uh, the Trans-Pacific Partnership, to sign it, is, is perhaps an act of treason, because it gives the country away. Well, let's, let's give the say, people a reason to, to get the pitchforks out. Let's say <laughs> she just learned that today. I did. <laughs> she did. It's farmer lingo for yes. protesting. 
yes, get those pitchforks out. Okay. To get the ordinary folks out. Well, they'll, they'll want to do that, too. Now, the Trans-Pacific Partnership is a, the type of a trade deal that only benefits corporations. It does not benefit anyone else. And it doesn't just benefit all corporations. It benefits a very few huge transnational corporations. Let's say an outfit like the Corrections Corporation of America, uh, which is a private prison operating system, decides that they want to come into Canada and start buying our prisons and running them for profit as they do in the States. There are a number of rules that go along with this, including the States have to guarantee that they will keep the prisons 90% full. So, so the judges are under pressure to sentence people to longer terms or to terms in Jail. Prison. It's yeah, a business? Exactly. It's Is a business. That jail, it's a business. Oh, and then, of course, we know that's true down in the United States. Yes, we know that they have them making license plates. They have uh, corporations who that's are... That's right. They do a lot of things. They also, if they have a, an architect uh, who's in prison, they can pay him pennies an hour and uh, hire him out to a private I didn't know that. Private business. That yes, is absolutely any, any, ridiculous. any resource they've got, right. they can sell off, rent out uh, to uh, the private sector. Hmm. So this outfit, let's say CCA, comes to Canada, and we say, no, you can't do this sort of thing in Canada. They can then go to a group of lawyers who is the Supreme Court of the Trans-Pacific Partnership. And this group of foreign lawyers will determine how much Canada should pay CCA for the profits it should have made had it been allowed to participate in what it's doing. That is that also wonderful? ridiculous. <laughs> it's wonderful. Right? It's, it's wonderful ridiculous. for CCA and it's wonderful for corporations and it's an evil scheme and only a trader would sign it. So uh, it's up to you guys. So it hasn't been fully signed yet. Is that right? You two, you two and the rest of the business people <laughs> in Toronto are going to help the people and organize uh, better systems that do not, uh, that, that include fairness and uh, have an element of, uh, of social uh, and economic justice, right? I can hear the violins now. Yeah, <laughs> I'd, I'd like lots of violins on this one. Well, um, but it, I mean, we've seen uh, public out outcry to so many policies in the last 20 years, from yeah. the uh, GST to the right. free trade deal to uh, all kinds of stuff. Um, and yet, it doesn't matter what government is in power. Mm. They always do what the people obviously don't want. Right? And strange, isn't it? It is very strange. And now we have this Trudeau, mm. who's uh, uh, supposed to be a new, uh, a new light in Ottawa. Let's but, hope. But, uh, he's obviously been replaced in but, the last couple of weeks, if you've been listening to what he's saying. Really? What was, what was he saying? It's a complete opposite of what he was saying in terms of uh, the environment, in terms of the pipeline. So now he's saying, Trudeau, the last thing Trudeau just said is the pipeline is going to pay for Canada's green economy. That's the, the East Pipeline going to yes. uh, Montreal or whatever? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, that's a great idea. I so, um, okay, well, okay. 
that's a different issue. But I, but even issue. this issue here, right? So he's yeah. got uh, the the trade minister signed the deal. So she did, but it's a tentative <clears throat> signature. It's not the final signature. So no, what has to happen has to get passed in Parliament. I would think. Yes. Right. That's the next step. Let us hope. That's and the next step, and that they turn it down, and, and the U.S. Congress, I think, will turn it down, which would be the end of it. For everybody? I would think so. If the U.S. isn't going to be part of it, we mustn't be. Right. If the U.S. is a part of it, we mustn't be. Well, whoever's a part of it, we mustn't be. No, but, but okay, but even if it doesn't, right, it seems to me that there's, there's this inexorable uh, urge towards all this stuff. So even if they, even if this becomes a big public outcry, a big public issue, and yeah, the government turns it down, but there'll then be another trade deal mm. negotiated in a few years, and by then the public, they don't have the the appetite for that kind of protest anymore. This is what we see over and over. I'm not sure that that uh, <clears throat> would hold true in a, in a case like this. That's a pretty evil pact. That's a, a terrible. I mean, is it that much worse than the um, the free trade deal or the NAFTA? Yes. Oh, yes. (laughs) We do get sued. Uh, We've been sued, I forget for how many hundreds of millions of dollars uh, that we've paid out. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think there were five major cases under NAFTA uh, for restraining trade under that agreement Mm -hmm. because we didn't want certain things to happen in our country. So the taxpayers paid. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, the TPP would just break us. Mm-hmm. They would yeah. they would run roughshod over us. Uh, the, 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 cor- the transnational corporations. Mm-hmm. I do think the worst part of it is that corporations will be uh, uh, will be able to go after our government for not meeting their corporate and economic needs. So I hope that there's a way for us to get that across to the people, that it, it is an affront to our legal sovereignty, or at least our government's legal sovereignty. We already um, feel like our government runs like a corporation. We've already seen, uh, I'm from B.C., we've seen almost all of our government uh, services that were, you know, our phone and all these kinds of things have all been privatized. They've all been turned into uh, corporate entities. So the idea that that these corporate entities would even have more power mm-hmm. and that they would be outside of, of our country, but making decisions based on um, their profit, their singular profit That's motive, right. uh, we, we don't want that. We need to do everything with a triple bottom line. The singular bottom line is not... Uh, going to get us very far. It just seems to me, though, that uh, um, there really is a big urge, and it doesn't matter what government's in power, to uh, they don't want uh, public corporations anymore. It's like somebody, right? They don't want anything owned by the people and and run for the people. They want. You mean to, like Toronto Hydro? Well, like Toronto Hydro, like uh, Bruce Nuclear, mm-hmm. like um, uh, the CBC. I don't know if, I mean, uh, Harper was all about privatizing the CBC. Harper was over about privatizing everything. Yeah, well, exactly. And, but it's like, it's like then the liberals come in and they kind of take their foot <laughs> off the gas for a minute, yeah. right? And yeah. then the conservatives come, but they're still not 
changing direction, really. Look at the provincial liberals here. And because they're do look at the provincial liberals. Yeah. Well, let's talk about them because they're uh, they're like the uh, the Mike Harris government, really. I haven't seen much change uh, from Dalton McGuinty's days yeah. uh, to Kathleen Wynne's from Mike Harris, you know, who was the ultimate villain who destroyed much of Toronto and privatized the 407, <laughs> right? <laughs> Wasn't is, that a wonderful move? <laughs> you know, like it's like totally, and it's it's uh, it's too big. You can't. There's nobody to sue about that. I mean, you can't get the damages back. It's just like, let's take our public asset and let's give it to some foreign company. That's what they did. It's crazy. Obviously, citizens should be shareholders and stockholders in uh, government businesses. And this might sound a little bit radical, but we should be getting a kickback, in fact. You mean... Dividends? Yes, I do mean dividends. Yeah. That's not exactly a kickback. No, a kickback is something far more nefarious. Yes. That's right. So, um, and uh, do you want to talk briefly about the carbon tax, another uh, well, issue? Well, now, it's not so much the carbon tax, although that too is uh, questionable, but carbon credits. Mm-hmm. Did you see The Big Short? It's a recent movie. I think I read the book. You read the book. Okay. Yeah. And that uh, the big short was about derivatives. Mm-hmm. And in this case, they were talking about bundles of mortgages. They would put uh, a package together that weighed so much money of 20 or 30 mortgages, whatever it took to, to get the proper weight of it, some of which weren't very good, mm-hmm. as it turns out. Yeah. And they kind of ruined the bundle. And, of course, this broke the system, mm-hmm. uh, as it must do. So carbon credits are going to be, or, or carbon, you know, carbon credits, are going to be very much the same type of thing. They will create a derivative for Bay Street mm-hmm. to play with. They mm-hmm. can sell these packages of rights to pollute, mm-hmm. uh, to, to if carbon does pollute. I'm not... I'm not positive that carbon's uh, a big polluter. No. Hmm. But I have, uh, I have a different view on that. Hmm. And it comes from uh, several years ago when the sunspot cycle went awry. Right. And not only were the ice caps on our Arctic melting, so were the ice caps on Mars. And yeah. I couldn't see the connection between our carbon releases and Mars. That's really <laughs> a good point, because as all the climate change stuff is going on, mm-hmm. if you actually check in with the, um, the cosmic scientists, the space scientists, you'll find that there's huge changes going on on, on other planets mm-hmm. that are similar, as you say. So it's hard to say what uh, climate change really is. Well, see, my whole point about climate change is that uh, climates change. Do they? Yeah, <laughs> they do. Apparently, uh, scientists who know what they're talking about, because they're scientists. Well, yes. They, um, but w- we know the climates have changed, right? Yes. Uh, without human intervention. And yeah. Um, yeah. sometimes I think that uh, whatever, if there is, uh, you know, if we are warming things up a little, that might just save us from a huge disaster. Like yeah. we could have a we could have a volcano blow up that causes a, a you know a, a, a cool down effect mm-hmm. right yeah and uh, maybe the whatever little bit of carbon dioxide we have added might just save our butt <laughs> right but put out the fires so to speak <laughs> yeah <laughs> so um 
Like we don't know, and 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 it seems to me again, and this goes to the other point, is that it's just an excuse to impose a global regulatory regime, right? Mm. That uh, that puts that is like a step towards like a world one world government. To me, that's what is going on. That's exactly what's going on. That's what the Trans Pacific Partnership is about: yeah. is creating a one world authority, which in this <clears throat> case is a board of foreign lawyers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's like we were talking about before. It's a hierarchical system. Mm-hmm. And when you have uh, all the power coming from the top or people that want that, we're not going to get anywhere. We need that circle to actually move forward. Yes. So I guess it's up to people like us, mm-hmm. like that channel, which is member-powered media. Well, we have... Uh, actually, I wanted to ask Frank. Like, Frank, what do you think the answer is? Or, you know, what... what do we can we do about this? Because uh, I, I think even if even if this TPP doesn't pass, the the force to keep that trend towards global it will never stop. Yeah, it will never stop. We just have to be vigilant and s- try and suppress any attempts to take us over. Mm-hmm. There will always be attempts to take us over. There are always bad guys. Mm-hmm. We need uh, to stay aware. I don't know. You know, I grew up in the United by reading States. this, right? Well, that helps uh, somewhat. It's more local than that, but, but uh, I, I'm writing about TPP in this current edition, uh, the March edition. So we do handle these issues. Uh, we handle police issues, things of that sort. Uh, uh, John Sewell writes in the bulletin, uh, former mayor, and he's uh, an expert on police matters, and he often writes about police matters. Uh, and those, you know, those need a change, too, especially since we seem to be imitating the, uh, the American system of policing, which has become very, you know, very much a stormtrooper type of uh, approach, mm-hmm. even to our, our police now. They don't have police blue anymore in their uniforms. Mm-hmm. They wear stormtrooper black. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They, you know, yeah. yeah, and that's a to, psychological... That's, uh, to, that's to, be, to be intimidating. Yeah. Uh, last month in February, I wrote about the, uh, the slaughter of... Uh, uh, this, this Yatim kid mm-hmm. on the streetcar and received uh, mixed reviews about my, my column. You did? Yes, I did. From yes. the readership? Uh, from the readership, yeah. yes, and from people on the street, uh, mostly in favor of it, but uh, there were a few who said, uh, you know, you're dissing the police. Mm-hmm. Uh, the police have a tough job to do. They do, and uh, they, sele- they chose it, and it's a calling. It's not just a job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, to be a cop, is a calling. It yeah. requires a special person. Yeah. It attracts sociopaths and psychopaths, but not not all of the police we have are sociopaths or psychopaths, but you have to be wary that that sort of an individual is drawn to being able to impose force on other people. And we have to learn, like, you know, Hugh's asking you what you think the solution is, and I think that there needs to be more people like you and, and like you and like whoever is out there, adding their, actually adding their emotions to this, actually adding their heart intelligence to it, mm-hmm. and not just looking at the facts, the figures, and, and how all the statistics add up. Um, and, uh, you know, so I see that you'll have to continue uh, with your with your newspaper saying what uh, is also difficult. I don't plan to retire. Yeah, that's good. That's very good. <laughs> so, is there anything else today, Frank, that you want to just bring up for uh, conversation? 
Well, there was the there's the derivative that uh, we're talking about, the carbon credits. I think that's an important thing because it helps Bay Street in the sense that it's something to trade, mm-hmm. little bundles of things to trade. It, uh, it helps in the form uh, of a tax. And the liberals, since Mike Harris, have been a pretty high-taxing outfit. Uh, well, they've got they a big deficit spe- <laughs> to uh, pay down. They haven't spent wisely. No. Uh, they haven't done much different than Mike Harris would have done. Uh, he wanted to privatize hydro, and <laughs> Kathleen Wynne's doing it. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's atrocious. I wonder if, um, because uh, Trudeau, uh, when he got elected, came in on such an anti-Harper, and anti-that kind of policy right. that Harper was doing, I suspect, uh, my paranoia is that really he'll just be, you know, the 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 softer version of you know the or the slower version of of this globalization trend i I wonder if if you think he has what it takes to actually stand up to all that kind of stuff I hope he does yeah uh, I really hope he does, but I don't know yeah mm-hmm. okay wow. well Frank, it's been great to have this conversation thank you I would love to see this kind of conversation from you guys mm-hmm. at the bulletin happen and get the community involved so maybe I would love to talk to you about doing that kind of stuff. We will yeah. talk to Frank again. I know you're a very busy Sounds man. Like oh, I'm so but busy. Yes. We, we're, we're a monthly. I'm not that busy. Yeah, <laughs> great. Oh, oh, now you so now you do have time. <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. Well, <laughs> I, yeah, cuz I I would love I'd love to have you and I'd love to talk to more people who are well, are in had. business and yeah. and uh, want to change the way the world does everything. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Well, I've really made a great change <laughs> in the way the world does things, haven't I? Yes. Well, I know you're uh, you're doing your best, Frank, and <laughs> yes. uh, we all appreciate it. So uh, people can uh, get their copy at the St. Lawrence Market or go to thebulletin.ca is yes. the website, right, Frank? Yes, and there's a flipbook version of it. And are you looking for uh, writers? We're always happy to have writers. Yeah. Uh, it's a freelance uh, operation. Yeah. It's uh, done in a bedroom of our home downtown yeah uh, we managed to get it out every month our managing editor lives out outside the city but she operates a uh, very effective toronto newsroom yeah Excellent. very cool okay frank thanks great to do this today thank you it's a pleasure being had right. so we're going to take a little break here on liquid lunch and i'm not sure who's coming up next but i did see cape breton red running around so uh we do have shane sue paul too he is the president of the toronto mortgage brokers association yeah yeah and more yeah a lot more so yeah. we'll be right back here on that channel.com With 25% off all new and up to 70% off previously leased furnishings, do you really need a better reason to party? We don't think so. Come visit our new Court Furniture Clearance Center with more than 9,000 square feet of new and previously leased furniture and decor for your home and office. Sofas from $199.99, bedroom sets from $399.99, dining sets from $299.99, and more. Free food, prizes, and fun all weekend long at our Chandelier Court Furniture Clearance Center at 13946 Lee Jackson Memorial Highway or go online at courtclearancefurniture.com.